Welcome to Calling Corporates, a podcast about bringing finance and tech together. I'm Alice Ramsey, and I'm here to call up leaders in finance and get the inside story on their best practices so that your organisation can get the best out of tech. In this episode, I talk with Anne Van Loy, the VP of Finance for Europe and currently acting CFO at Sabelco. We talk about Anne's visionary move in implementing a new tool at Sabelco to enable finance to achieve company goals. If we hadn't done that implementation at that time, I don't know how we would have got where we are today. I still think it's, it's, it's one of the most valuable tools that we have in our company. Anne, a warm welcome to Calling Corporates. Now, substantively, you're the VP of Finance for Europe at Sabelco and you're currently acting CFO. Can you tell me a bit more about your role in your own words? Yes, I will. So, uh, since June, um, my role is VP Finance Europe. Um, and in this role, I am responsible for all finance activities within Europe. Um, and Europe is actually 80% of our business today. Um, it's a combination of um, FPNA and accounting and controls. Um, and before uh, June, these were two different departments within our finance organization. Uh, but now we combine these um, two roles. Um, and um, so it's a combination um, of the very transactional legal compliancy work that we have to do uh, at country level um, with the strong finance business support that our stakeholders are expecting to achieve their objectives and their targets uh, for the company. And you're currently acting CFO. Yes, correct. Uh, so the current CFO has left the company in April. Um, there is no new CFO in place yet. So as from April, I am also acting uh, as an ad interim CFO, um, mainly covering um, most of the responsibilities, but not all of them. Um, information systems and M&A um, are not in that scope while they are normally in the scope of the CFO within CBELCO. So moving on to talking about Sabelco, in researching the interview, I saw the company purpose, which is material solutions advancing life. Can you tell us a bit more about the company and what it is that you do? So um, within Sibelco, we source minerals and materials. Um, we have our own resources in the ground, uh, but we also uh, source them externally. We transform them and we distribute those materials for different applications. Um, we focus on solutions for our current modern society. Uh, for example, solar technology, drinking water sanitation, flame retardants. Um, we are also very active in glass recycling. Uh, in the glass recycling business. Um, and of course, sustainability is something that keeps us very busy today. So uh, as an industrial company, we focus a lot on safety and uh, also CO2 emission reduction. Um, we are, like I already said, 80% um, of our business today is in Europe, uh, but we are also active in um, 
a lot of Asian countries in Brazil and in the US. And um, we had our also uh, activities in Australia, but for the moment we are closing them now. And you've been working in finance in Sabelco for some time now. What is it about working with Sabelco that energizes you the most? Oh, um, so yes, indeed, I work for, for Sibelco now for more than 10 years. Um, I, Sibelco is still a family-owned company, um, but I think um, we have the professionalism of um, a company that is listed on on, uh, on the stock exchange. So it's actually the, uh, the combination of that family feeling, um, but still the very professional um, behavior and way of working that attracts me. Um, since I work with Sibelco, I was never really bored. Uh, there was always something exciting happening. Um, and I think that's what keeps me with Sibelco. It certainly sounds like there hasn't been a moment to get bored. If we can go back to 2016, you were in a different role when you launched this project. Can you tell me a bit about what it was that you were doing back then and what triggered you to get this project started? Um, so in 2016, or well, maybe that was a, a turning year, but before, right before we made the decision, I was responsible for the consolidation department. Um, and at that moment, we used a consolidation tool that was already um, 10 years or even more than 10 years old. Um, the tool actually covered uh, the legal consolidation, but during the years, we also tried to use the tool as a kind of management reporting tool. So what we did in the previous years is that we really build on onto the existing tool, um, we enhanced it, we extended our dimensions, um, we misused some of the dimensions that we used to be able to um, cover additional dimensions. Uh, and maybe I'm talking a bit, um, um, yeah, it's a bit confusing, but as an example, we were actually misusing accounts and doubling accounts to get... Um, um, a kind of cost center element into our account structure, uh, which was actually not ideal. It's, it's really like, um, buying an old house and instead of renovating the house, uh, all at once, uh, you just build on and on and on. And eventually you realize, no, this is not, this is not working. The performance of the tool was also going down, uh, significantly, um, because of the very, large uh, data that we had in there. And on top of that, our cash flow statement was actually not working as it should. Um, part of the cash flow statement came out automatically, but we still had to do a lot of manual corrections in Excel and it was not ideal. So what did you do about that? So at that moment, we decided that we would, um, we, we had two options or we considered two options. One option was to rebuild the existing tool to start over again, like renovating the house, um, or um, go into the market and look for a new tool um, and, and see if, if that could serve our needs in a better way. The, uh, the first option was actually rebuild the tool that we had, um, but I really convinced the CFO that I really wanted to go into the market to see if there are 
uh, more innovative tools that we could use, which could give us more opportunities towards the future. Um, and that's what we did. So together with our IS business partner, um, we digged a bit into the market um, and we analyzed a few tools. And then we really selected Tagetic um, as a possibility that we would like to explore a bit further. Um, and that's what we did. Uh, we explored it. We visited some reference companies. And um, ultimately, we made a decision that Tagetic had a lot more possibilities than our current tool um, in terms of management reporting, in terms of flexibility towards management reporting. There was also the possibility to go to a budgeting and forecasting module. Um, so we really said, if we build something new, let's go for a more innovative tool that is more future-proof than the current tool that we had in place. So once you'd convinced the CFO to get the tool, it was then time to find your implementation partner. And I understand this is where Satrian comes in. Is that right? Yeah, well, it's actually a, a bit of a, a funny story. Um, we were not thinking yet about an implementation partner. We were just visiting reference customers and um, we actually were directed to some reference comp uh, companies via Tagetic, not via an implementation partner. And I still remember that we entered um, at the premises of the company and all of a sudden there was an implementation their implementation partner was also present, which I did not really expect. And I was like, oh my God, this is another selling trick. Um, and I did not expect that. So I started the meeting with, okay, let's listen and let's see. But guess what? After the meeting, I was, I was really impressed about the way that Satrion tackled the project, uh, the way they look at the data model, uh, the way they could automate the cash flow statements completely in that organization. Uh, and that's at, only at that moment, after the meeting, not before the meeting, we really started thinking about, hmm, Maybe this could be a good partner for us. It was a Dutch company. We were a Belgian company. Um, we had uh, we had a partner for our current tool. Um, of course, we were in contact with that partner, but unfortunately, their experience with Tagetic at that moment was limited. Uh, actually, very limited. Uh, and I could really see that Satrion was was already very experienced. Had done already several implementations. So that's. That's how I met them. My goodness, that is a fantastic story. So what happened next? Yeah, we, we contacted them. We started a conversation. Um, and like I said, um, we did not search for 10 possible implementation partners. We just had our own um, company, which helped us with our current tool, um, they they were they were very open and they discussed with us and they said yes we have to admit we don't have a lot of experience um, but we would like to grab the opportunity honestly we didn't want to take the risk um, and that's um, yeah where we started discussing with Satrion uh, along the journey they they impressed us um, with the way they tackle these type of projects moving on now to the implementation itself. Because I really want to hear about what happens when a tool like this first lands. So the um, 
the implementation um, and well, first of all, the design. Uh, we yeah. started with design that went quite smooth. Um, I think in the company we had a very good project manager internally. Uh, our IS business partner who helped us to search for a new uh, solution was also very involved. Uh, and together with Satrion, um, we did a very good job. I think our data model, um, that, that went very smooth. Then we started the implementation, which was also centrally. Um, that again also went rather smooth and we were fully on track. Uh, we didn't lose any time there. Um, but what we actually underestimated was the impact that such a tool has on the local countries. And um, as you might not know, we at that time, we still had a very scattered ERP system. So almost every country had their own ERP system. In Europe, we had more or less like a leading ERP system, but not all the countries had it. Um, we were a bit more active at that time in other parts of the world. Um, they had different systems uh, from no systems to an Excel um, accounting system. So... Um, we really underestimated the fact that the data needs to flow from the ERP systems or the accounting systems into the tool. And how did it land with your team? The people were not ready for such a change. And, and we underestimated the time that we were expecting from those teams to spend on that project. I also, and that also means that we didn't communicate clearly to the teams what we expected from them in the project. Um, and that's where we had to delay part of the project. So ideally, with such a new tool, you go live on the 1st of January. That's always the nicest. Uh, but we had to extend it with a few months uh, and we only went live, I think, in the second quarter. Okay, so what did you do with the time the delay gave you? Did you use it to ease the project in? Yeah, so what we tried to do is we tried to plan um, we try to, the things that we could do centrally, we, um, we try to organize centrally. And so, for example, when I mentioned that leading European ERP system, of course, there we try to do it centrally, that those local teams didn't have to do the work uh, on their own. And then I'm, I'm really talking about the mapping of the accounts and, and also there we could foresee an automatic upload. Uh, for the other teams uh, with um, other systems, we also built a traject where uh, we engaged, engaged Satrion very heavily uh, to work together with those local teams on the mappings. Um, to really build in those mapping tables that we could load uh, through an ETL. Um, so also there, we really counted on, on the help of Satrion. Um, and then jointly, uh, we ultimately reached uh, the goal. That's a fantastic result and in such a short amount of time. And during that time, you were working closely with Satrian. Can you tell me a bit more about what you experienced working with them? Well, I, I think I can be very short. Um, we still 
today, we still count on the skills of Satrion. So very often we still engage them. Uh, of course, we have built a lot of knowledge inside the company, but that's also um, at, at uh, discretion of Satrion, of course, because by working very closely together during the past years for different topics, we could really build the knowledge in-house. Um, but still today, we, we count on them and we engage them for specific things, whether we have a shortage in resources or it's linked to certain areas in Tajetic where we are not that experienced yet. Um, we still work with them. So I think that proves um, how comfortable we are working with them. Something I find particularly fascinating about this case is that you were in a completely different role when you implemented this new tool. And now some years on, you're in a new role in a new area of the company um, and still reaping the benefits of that implementation. Can you tell us a bit more about the benefits of this transformation in the company still today? So, well, the implementation uh, was primarily driven by the fact that we needed a new consolidation tool. But as I mentioned already before, we started to misuse also our previous uh, consolidation tool to get more information than just pure consolidated figures at group level. We, we started to use the tool to do a limited level of management reporting, corporate performance management. Um, and um, at the moment, our new CFO joined. Uh, we really wanted to go uh, with finance, with the finance organization in, in that direction, really strongly supporting the business. So while we were implementing Tagetic as a consolidation tool, um, during the implementation and during the, um, the creation of the data model, we were very mindful of all the building blocks that we need in our organization to do um, and to make sure that we can do good performance management and that we can also uh, use that information to help the business to drive their performance. Um, and that's actually what we did. And that's also actually... Um, where I was transitioning into from one role into the other. Um, so we were fixing something from the past, but we were also looking forward what we could get out for the future. And um, I think the key thing, and, and, and I think we did it very well, was really think through what are now the real building blocks of our organization, what makes our organization um, so valuable and, and where do we have to focus on? Um, and um, what I can say today, looking back five years, is that Tagetic today is still really the core engine of our performance management reporting. So you've gone from misusing the old tool and not being able to get the best out of it to implementing a new tool and absolutely getting the best out of it. It sounds brilliant. Yeah, yeah, and linked to that, and that's the beauty of Tagetic, um, and the fact that when I mean getting your building blocks right, when you have your building blocks and your organization slightly changes, um, with the flexibility of Tagetic and the hierarchies that you can put on top of your building blocks, you can very simple transform your management reporting and mirror 
changes in the organization in a fairly easy way. And, and that's really a big advantage. Uh, because if you don't have that, every slight change in an organization might create a burden. And if you're doing management reporting in Excel, you have to adjust all your Excel reports and so on. And that's not what we have to do now. We just change the hierarchy and very easily uh, we have the new management reporting, which we can visualize then in the BI tool. Something I'm really appreciating about this conversation is how much value you're giving us in your answers. Are there any further pearls of wisdom that you have to share with our listeners who who might be on a similar journey or looking to embark on a similar journey? Well, I don't think I have other things I would like to mention, but I would like to repeat uh, two important things uh, that's and, and I think I said it already several times make sure that you have your building blocks right uh, because that makes your system and your tool future proof for any future changes and definitely do not underestimate the fact that a system needs to be fed by other systems and that getting the interfaces right um, it's not always the easy task. And that's also what I see in the implementation of our ERP system. If we have challenges, if we have issues, it's often with the interfaces and the, the data that needs to be fed from other systems into a certain system. And that's where I think we, yeah, we underestimated the workload a bit. Sure. On the other hand, by implementing such a transformative system, surely you would have freed up a lot of time and energy within the organization. Yeah, it's true. And well, what the business is using today to drive their performance, if we hadn't done that implementation at that time, um, I don't know how we would have got where we are today. Um People just don't realize. They open a BI report, they see data, they see a planned PNL, uh, but they they really don't know what is the source of that information and how that information came there. Um, for them, it's just there, and it's logic that it's there. Um, but that doesn't mean that there is a lot of work and a lot of um, thinking behind it. Um, and um, yeah, so I, I still think it's 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 one of the most valuable tools that we have in our company, uh, even today. Um, so, yeah, I'm still very happy we did <laughs> we did the implementation. Well, there's certainly no higher praise than that. Anne Van Loy, thank you so much for joining us on Calling Corporates. You have offered a wealth of knowledge and experience. Thanks for listening. I hope we've left you informed and inspired. If you're interested in talking with Satrian about how your organisation can get the best out of tech, visit satrian.com. And I'm looking forward to revealing more insights in the next episode. So make sure to subscribe to Calling Corporates on your favourite podcast channel.